With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the rest stop. It is March 2nd, 2021. We are live in Las Vegas. I'm Brad Restituto. Alongside me, Spencer Ostrowski, Spencer the Wiz. We've got an entertaining show for you this evening. So if you're just joining us, at least stick around the first 15 minutes because I promise you it'll be worth your listening eyes and ears as I'm going to start the show off strong. But as we're waiting for some people to join the live cast here on twitch.tv, on my Twitter Brad the Believer, and on my Facebook page, I'll give you a little recap of what the show is going to look like tonight. From the sports perspective, we're going to talk a little J.J. Watt news, as he is now an Arizona Cardinal, and he is signed for the money, a two-year deal. We'll get into that a little bit here. We'll talk some NBA, some wild stuff going on with the Phoenix Suns-Lakers game on TNT, as Devin Booker has just, in the last 10 minutes, got ejected in the third quarter. Uh, so that game's going wild. It's now closer than it was in the first half. Lakers-Suns. And Spencer the Wiz also tonight, uh, we'll, we'll be talking some other stuff here and there that's going on in the world around us here in this country and in America. And of course, the NFL draft will be taking place in the next couple months. So as we're preparing and studying for the NFL draft, we'll start to slowly open up with some tidbits leading into the draft. Of course, from a basketball perspective, transitioning out of football, uh, the Ball Brothers continue to play great basketball. We'll discuss that. And then the Rockets owner, Tillman Fertitta, has decided James Harden's number 13 will be retired. So Spencer the Wiz, I'm going to take about 10, 12 minutes here, and I want everybody that's listening just to stick around for 10 minutes. If you're just joining in, start from the beginning. Uh, I'm just going to vent a little bit off my chest here 
Spencer the Wiz, I want your honest feedback after I'm done here. I've got to get a few things off my chest. And it's going to start off a little something like this. Ladies and gentlemen, this rant right here has started more than 30 years ago. I have been on a spiritual journey for over 30 years. It was instilled in me at a very young age through my grandmother, the belief in God through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. So this is literal church for you. Now, this is not everybody's cup of tea, but I just want you to stick with me for a little while because especially in the last few months, this journey journey has culminated into quite the current experience. Uh, I've had to personally, this is speaking for myself, navigate uh, through this COVID uncertainty, and I've had to figure out plan A's and B's, what's going to happen in my life after this pandemic's lifted and life goes back to normal. So as everybody's journey, you kind of ask yourself the key questions to life, What does happiness look like for me? What is my purpose? What is my next step? I will never have all the answers to those questions, nor do I necessarily proclaim myself the poster boy for a Christ-like life. But I will inform you of some things that have happened to me and through me personally that I hope to share with anybody and everybody listening out there in the audience and anybody that will download the podcast for the rest stop. Some people are turned off by the notion of religion and by the story of God and Jesus Christ. For me personally, all I ask for everybody out there listening is to take 48 hours of your life and be completely intentional and present with the moments of your life from waking up to what you do for breakfast, who you text, who you dial on the phone, who you email, I want you to be present in the interactions you have with your family, with your spouses, with your loved ones, with the people inside your home, at your bank. I would love for everybody to take each and every moment to just be present and to be aware of exactly what's happening. It's so easy for people like me and the people listening out there and anybody in life. Sometimes we go through life in a fog. Our minds are jumbled with thoughts. Uh, with stresses, with anxiety, with things that we can't control. And we kind of get lost in being present in the moments of life, the small moments, the moments to to be completely aware in. So what I'm asking is for anybody that's listening to this show or this podcast, take 48 hours and try to be intentionally present with every hour, with every minute, with every moment of your life. Small example, Spencer the Wiz told me today, right before we jumped on the show, that he had some technical issues where his computer crashed and all the work he put in, he lost. That's just a small example of life's obstacles that get thrown each and all of our ways that we have a choice how we react and respond to those situations. What I've learned over the past few months and what I've learned on my journey up to this point in life is life of course, this is cliche, is 95% how you react and 5% of what happens to you. And how you react to that is the 95%. Uh, This is not 
been the most easy transition into this pandemic laden situation in this country and in my life personally. Uh, but certainly I've decided to be an active participant in church on a Friday and Sunday night. That foundation of opening up my presence to what's around me and the people around me and being intentional and in how I interact with those people. I feel like as a friend, uh, as uh, a boyfriend, as a son, um, as an employee, there's been times where I haven't been my best self. Uh, and I've always strived to want to attain being the best version of myself. Well, I've always gotten my own way. And we all can take different things that have happened throughout our lives or others' lives and use that as excuses or rationale why we don't take the next step in our evolution individually. There's people that have addictions that they've dealt with, abuse, self-doubt, anxiety, depression. There are people that have lost loved ones. The why in each human being's life, why things happen or don't happen, can really mount into an avalanche of somebody's heart and mind. All I'm asking and in a society in the last six months to year where people on social media attack each other for their political beliefs, attack each other uh, for the color of their skin, form opinions about one another based on things that in the grand scheme of things do not matter. At one point in time, all of us will have to punch the time clock of life and leave this existence in the human form. When that time comes for all of us, there's one consistent truth. That the color of your skin, the job title that you had, the things, the wealth, the accolades that you acquired will not matter. Uh, the legacy that will be left is how you made people feel and the impact and effort and intentionality you left in the footprints along your way. Um, so here at the rest stop, like I said, I am uh, not the spokesman uh, for anything that has to do necessarily with religion or God. But what I ask of you is if you open up your heart and your mind to being present, you will see a power greater than yourself with intentional design, with intentional synchronicity, work in a way that's very obvious if you allow it to be. I know there's tons of people out there, entertainers, comedians that have poked fun at the concept of God and Jesus as a man or a puppet up in the sky pulling strings. That is not my definition of what God is. To me, it's a lot deeper and not as tangible as it's expressed sometimes in pop culture. Uh, to me, there is an infinite energy and synchronicity in this earth and on this planet that has a divine synchronicity that drops like a puzzle piece or a domino in, in a chord, like a symphony, like in harmony. And it's almost unexplainable. If you really look at it, it goes all the way from the cosmos, all the way down to a living creature in the sea or on earth. So as I continue to ramble on this tangent, I just will repeat, I ask each and everybody that listens to this, take 48 hours to be as completely open and present as possible and intentional in each hour and each moment of your life, being completely aware of everything and anything around you and try to avoid the fog that comes into nature. And that fog manifests itself with anxiety, depression, worry, uh, you know, self-doubt, self-defeat, um, 
you 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 name it. There's distractions out there. Try to avoid those distractions as much as possible. Be present with your friends, with your family, with the people you interact with outside of your home, in your community, on the internet, anywhere possible. Try to be as present and aware as possible. For me, the important thing, the step that I've had to overcome here lately to reach a different plateau in my life is I had to be fearless and approaching the relationships in my life. I want to grow not only this podcast, my career in sports, but I've also, I say prayers to open up the relationships in my life. Well, relationships in my life do not fall out of the sky. I have to sometimes go after those relationships, which I have not. Uh, so I've made an effort here in the past couple of weeks to answer more phone calls, to reach out to people uh, fearlessly. And it's it's just as simple as asking somebody to have a conversation, throw a text message. Sometimes those texts and calls aren't answered. But for me personally, it's been very important to interact with the people in my contact list, friends on my Facebook page, followers on my Twitter channel. I've tried to be intentional at reaching out. Haven't been able to reach out to everybody. Haven't been able to answer everybody's phone calls and texts. But it's a goal of mine for the rest of this year to be more active in the people in my life that know who I am, whether I have good or bad relationships with them, or we haven't talked in years or days, to be more active in everybody's life that I have a potential to contact with. And for me, in the last couple of months, it's bared tons of fruit, and I'm very grateful for it. So that's my piece for the first 12 minutes. Spencer the Wiz, it's time for you to jump in and give me a breakdown and analysis of what you just heard. Did it make sense? Was I all over the board? Spencer the Wiz, the floor is yours. Uh, it is uh, a little hard. And then I, I actually, there are a few questions on what exactly you mean of staying in the moment because, uh, you know, there are a lot of distractions and you can't live your life for two days without distractions. I don't think that's what you mean at all. Uh, so clarify to me what you mean by, uh, you know, what you want people to do, despite the fact that they still have, probably have to go to work. They still have to, you know, deal with life. Uh, what I meant by by eliminating the distractions is there's always things that you have to encounter or you have to um, engage in through life. If those things can be negative or can be problematic towards whatever your goal was or distracting Allow them to come through, but just don't dwell on them for an extended period of time that takes away from your next goal. Be aware of whatever that challenge or obstacle is and move on to the next point of attack is kind of, if that makes sense. There's always distractions, but to be present in the distraction and not allow, allow the distraction to be present in you, so to speak. Okay. Yeah. I mean... Uh, well, I, I personally don't use social media that much, even though I work in it. And it's probably because I work in it so much that I'm distilled to it. And if you look at people and you know, at the start with looking at yourself, there's so much more I could be doing every day. But as an observer of people on social media platforms, I can tell you that everything you're saying is very much true, that a lot of people get all of their ideology from very few sources, uh, very few people ask questions about it. And a lot of people let it dictate how they uh, believe things to be in their very own lives, or they let some individual who they follow their content tell them how to think. 
And I think until we get, you can say left or right, whatever you want to call it. I, I work on both sides and I think both sides have horrible people on them and not just horrible people is probably the wrong word, but people who are not independent thinkers. I think until we have independent thinkers, uh, you can throw all political arguments aside or this, the idea that people always say we're the most divided that we've ever been. But until people start asking questions for themselves and doing their own research, then none of us will come together. But I know that's not exactly what you said, but I, I do agree that um, maybe taking yourself out of your comfort zone, maybe it's just realizing that not everything is nearly as serious as it is and that you can only do one thing at a time. And if something goes wrong, then it does. I, like you were mentioning, I lost about eight hours worth of editing when my computer crashed. I mean, I don't know what happened. I don't know why there weren't any backups, but it's not, it's not my job to know why that happened. It's just, okay, it's gone. And I, I have to do this again. I'll probably be up very late tonight. I still have two other projects I have to do on top of um, probably making a YouTube video, but it's only one day of my life. It's very microscopic and I'll try to find a way to make it as enjoyable as possible. Uh, the reason I have this kind of attitude is uh, my junior year of high school, I went to Poland and I visited all these concentration camps. I mean, I saw the absolute bottom of society, like the result of what it means to just collapse as a human race, to throw people inside of trains and cattle cars and all of that, packed like sardines, thrown out of the train if you died and never stopping until you get there. And then when you get there, of course, half the people die automatically, half the people die until they work. And then you have the survivors. I saw that. I went to Auschwitz. I saw the scratches on the wall. I saw people in their last moments. That is the bottom pit of humanity for me. I, I, I witnessed it with my own eyes, the shoes, whatever you want to call it. I think I went to eight concentration camps in about a week. I didn't sleep. I barely ate. And obviously when you're seeing atrocities like this, you're bound to kind of it's, it's going to change your perspective on life. I, Cause I was a young high school kid at the time. I was probably 17 years old. And when you see something like that, when you, when you see thousands and millions of people's deaths and how exactly it happened for no reason, uh, things just aren't as serious. And I actually have a very difficult time taking things seriously. Now it's one of my biggest faults, but the reason I'm telling you this story is just know that there are some horrible things that are going to happen. You're going to have some very big highs throughout the week, throughout maybe one month where you feel like you're on top of the world. But you also have to understand that that's going to come with a, one of the lowest points in your life or it's going to swing down hard on you fast. I thought on Monday I was on top of the world. I thought I was going to just take over and do everything. It didn't work out the way I wanted to. And then this happens today. But I know that I still have my life. I still have my family. I still have my friends. And I'm very thankful for that. And uh, if I didn't think that way today, I probably would have been very. And things may have been a lot worse for me. That's Spencer the Wiz. Follow him on Twitter at Spencer Ostrovsky. Spencer, I'm glad you shared that story. If you're just joining us right now, hit the rewind button on the live feed. The Believer and Spencer the Wiz are getting very deep at the beginning of the show, talking about life, talking about the challenges and the obstacles and how we have personally overcome them and the outlook that we take. And I love something Spencer the Wiz said, and I've, I like to apply it to my life in every moment that I'm able. Uh, nothing is that serious, Spencer the Wiz has said. And with his story that he just shared, he is pretty spot on. 
Um, and it's a matter of how we intake the information given to us, the information, the people, the places and things, our reaction and response to that, our grace, our attitude, our body language, how we had that handle that is very indicative about the response we receive for the, from other human beings and other life forms on this planet. However you want to describe that, there's many life forms, many things breathing in this earth, from plants to people to insects uh, to anything. So uh, Spencer the Wiz, I enjoyed that first few minutes. I'll have to listen back to see how much sense I made, how much rambling I did, was, which is probably quite a bit. Um, but something that you mentioned I would like to transition to, you talked about highs and lows, okay? I want to bring that into a documentary, a sports documentary I just watched last night. Uh, I know it's a few months old now, but as you know, and if any listeners don't know, I cut all my sports packaging out of my DirecTV program a year ago at the beginning of this pandemic to save money. I was dying to see this documentary called Wild Card, The Downfall of a Radio Loudmouth, the Craig Carton story. If you don't know who Craig Carton is, you don't know this story, at least Google it. Craig Carton did a morning show for over a decade with Boomer Esaias and former quarterback of the New York Jets and Cincinnati Bengals. It was one of the highest rated shows and for morning drive in the country. And this documentary talks about the downfall of Craig Carton being a top radio entertainer and host with Boomer Esiason and some of the vices and some of the highs he got into and eventually the lows that sent him to prison. And he was in the penitentiary, lost his job, and most recently during this pandemic, got out of jail after spending his time doing his time in the penitentiary. And I wanted to talk with Spencer a little bit about this because I've been dying to see it. So what I did Yesterday, I called to get some discounts with my DirecTV package as some of my discounts were expiring. And I've been eyeing some of this HBO content for quite some time, especially this documentary, but more recently, the Tiger Woods documentary. So I splurged. I spent the $15. I got HBO. And with the HBO, they gave me the HBO Max login. So now from my home computer, I'm able to watch all of this content, catch up with all this great programming, giving a plug to HBO and HBO Max. So it started off with this documentary called Wild Card, The Downfall of a Radio Loudmouth. And, and being in sports media, as we are, Spence, being passionate sports fans, this documentary about Craig Carton to me was fascinating. Not only was it fascinating because of a guy – that was able to take a talent and not only sports knowledge, but entertaining because for the most part, that's what these shows are. We can go back and forth and blabber about sports, but overall you want to try to entertain people. And Craig Carton was as good at entertaining an audience as anybody you'll ever see. He's funny. He's witty. He's quick. He's knowledgeable. He's engaging. Uh, and it's a fantastic story to watch, but what hit home close to me, Spencer, the Wiz is what included in Craig Carton's downfall and had a lot to do with gambling. We're here in Las Vegas. This is where we live. This is the gambling capital of the world. And yours truly, Brad, the believer, loves his gambling. He is quite the gambler. And some of the, the, some of the descriptions, self-descriptions of Craig Carton in his gambling highs and lows are very similar to the same mindset I have. Uh, so it was very eye-opening watching this documentary. And I've had thousands and thousands of dollars go through my hands at times. I've never had millions and millions of dollars through my hands at some time. Craig Carton 
had millions and millions of dollars going through his hands gambling at some point in time. To me, it is a fascinating story. Craig Carton, unlike myself, is a family man. He has kids. He has a wife. So he had a lot more at stake than, than a gambler like myself, who currently does not have kids, has at stake. So it's very interesting if you're also in Las Vegas and you enjoy hearing about gambling, you love radio, you love sports, this is a must-see documentary. And as uh, my lovely significant other, Amanda Schumacher, has uh, put on the chat here, uh, yes, I am rambling. Yes, I gamble. So this is this hits very close to home, the gambling aspect of the story. It's very entertaining. Uh, but for me, it, it definitely put a sense of self-reflection into the decisions I make and sometimes the recklessness that I have. But that also ties into my opening uh, ramble uh, about my new or I would say adjusted journey in this life, which I try to, at this point in time, proclaim that is led by uh, a, a spiritual and a godly direction, which is not always 100% consistent as we all have shortcomings and we all have pitfalls. But I'm hoping that the majority of that direction is led from those decisions and not my own. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you this, for me, Spencer, and for people out there that maybe have questions um, about, you know, thinking a God or a spirit or an invisible man, whatever your description is, is real or not real. I have had some things, Spencer, the Wiz, some emotions, some resentments in my life and some things that I've had to wrap some ideas and thoughts and relationships I've had to wrap my mind around that I never thought would be able to be uh, reconciled, forgiven, addressed, whatever description, and they have. So for me personally, and I can't speak for everybody else out there, uh, my relationship with God and what I believe to be the, the Holy Spirit or Christ, like has given me a peace inside of my mind, my heart, my soul to uh, not harbor some of the feelings I never thought I would be able to unpackage. To me, that's that's God. There's no other explanation for me to, to, to wrap my mind around how some things were released in my heart, mind, and soul, my openness to certain things. I, I, I can't explain it. There's no, there's no decision that I made. There's no rationale behind it. It was just a strict conviction and belief onto my heart, mind, and soul that allowed me to do this. And when, when I, what I understand that to be is God. Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> There are a lot, there will be uh, significant life events that happen to everybody. And some people interpret them in many different ways. And I think mostly it's it's about finding outlets and it's about finding healthy outlets. Uh, I play this silly little trading card game and this is my escape from, from it all. From It's my time away uh, to just have fun. But all of those things can also lead in the extreme other direction and like getting addicted to certain kind of things and just rushing, you know, trying to chase after these dopamine rushes of excitement because there, there was times when I uh, had the peak of my bank account in college where I probably spent a lot more on that, but it was, a, it was that rush of chasing it. Right. 
of wanting more of it. Now, my example is a little niche in a trading card game, but we all can identify things like that in our lives, whether it be gambling, whether it be alcohol, whether it be drugs. And, you know, for a lot of people, religion is the outlet for that. And a lot of people would recommend that. Uh, But I think the most important thing is to be understanding for let to let people find their specialty to find what makes them comfortable. Because at the end of the day, it pretty much just connects all to the same thing, but we call it different things. And uh, I think if we can be more understanding of that narrative, instead of saying you have to think this way, uh, we will be better as a human race. I just feel that during this pandemic, we have lost a little bit of the human spirit and what it means to love one another or to just be around people. Everything is so hostile now and not always. And I think a lot of that is perpetrated through media. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and you know give the fake news rant or anything like that. Of course, we're a part of media. So that would make us dirty liars too. And I don't think we're that. Um, but I think that when you make money off of making people fearful or constantly trying to make the next big story, you paint a, some sort of narrative that just simply isn't true. I've had a few interactions recently with people that just change have again changed my perspective on life to realize that not everything is horrible and that people are still human beings underneath it all, underneath all the social media and the just whatever narrative is happening in the country that people care about for three months before forgetting. Uh, I, we just need to get back to having fun. And, you know, we talked about this before. Hopefully that ends with the pandemic. Uh, supposedly there's going to be like herd immunity by May. I don't know, like, you know, any of that story is true, but if it is, I, I do hope we can get back to just having fun in life. That's Spencer. The Wiz. follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. I'm Brad Restituto on Twitter, on Instagram, at Brad the Believer. Uh, I'm going to take off my Christian cape for a second. Spencer the Wiz and Brian Bravo, I'm going to tell you to calm your pants down, okay? I want you to sit in your chair. I want you to take the rat from underneath your sink and kick him out the front door. If you have to take a sip of tequila, whatever you need to do, just calm your tits down, grab a biscuit from the oven, and just hang tight. Okay, because we are about to talk some sports and right in your neck of the woods, the Houston area. And it's going to start off with a former Houston superstar and legend, J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt, we thought, was going to sign with the Packers, is going to is going to sign with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not so fast. Uh, J.J. Watt has signed a two year deal worth thirty one million dollars with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals were right in the mix for a playoff spot last year. They could not quite get over the hump. Spence the Wiz, I want to get start off with your opinion. Does J.J. Watt move the needle for the Arizona Cardinals with now Matthew Stafford in that division? Russell Wilson still uh, a quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks in that division. As well, let's not forget about the San Francisco 49ers. And Jimmy Garoppolo more than likely will be back in the quarterback position for the San Francisco team, who was in the Super Bowl Two years ago, J.J. Watt, Arizona Cardinal, are you surprised? Uh, well, if the Cardinals had drafted Mekhi Becton last year, I would be a lot higher on this pick. But I think the core issue of the Cardinals last year is that they're just not a serious basketball team. They're or basketball because I was already thinking about it. I compare them to the New Orleans Pelicans all the time and that you have easily one of the most talented rosters on paper that doesn't pan out because of something. Now, you can totally believe that J.J. Watt can be the thing that makes them serious, that puts them on the right track, 
in reality, this is probably the best signing that they could have had ever outside of like Tom Brady. But of course, they would never do that because uh, they have their quarterback. Kyler Murray is just not a leader for this team. Can you have a leader on defense that leads you to a Super Bowl? I guess you can say Von Miller, but Peyton Manning was their quarterback at the time. And that guy is like the definition of what it means to be a leader. I don't know if a defensive anchor can really do that. He will be productive, I think, but he's going to have to change an entire team culture because Cliff Kingsbury is more of a technical coach, an X and O's guy, and no one else in that team that comes to my mind. Uh, Patrick Peterson is just one of those silent types as well. Uh, yeah, it's good for them, but does it make them a Super Bowl contender? Probably not. I tend to agree with you, Spencer. The way is I think uh, this it, it could reap some more benefits than initially thought. You're not, you're not thinking at this point in J.J. Watt's career, he had single-digit sacks for the Texans last year. You're not thinking necessarily that this move by itself uh, moves the needle for the Arizona Cardinals. But maybe in addition to Chandler Jones, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Isaiah Simmons was their rookie last year that was supposed to be a big-time player. Somebody that you said many times on this show – uh, is underwhelming from what his expectations were at that point in the season. Maybe from year one to two, he makes a jump. You have some pieces on that defense that uh, can make some noise, maybe with the leadership and with J.J. Watt not being double teamed as much in this scheme, can reap benefits. I think Arizona, I don't think they were a fringe playoff team last year. They will be a fringe playoff team this year. But Spence, we know how the NFL works. You're one injury away. You're one COVID outbreak away from being out of the discussion. San Francisco 49ers were not expected to be pretty much dead last in that division. Injuries happen. COVID happened. Draft happened. And they were last place. So that's where the NFL diversity comes in and where some people don't think it's there's as much parity as there is. I think there is. And I think teams are one injury and one week of something happening, not as they expected in that locker room uh, on the field or off the field from a team like Arizona being in the discussion for a division title or for a playoff spot. Now, from a productivity standpoint, just the individual J.J. Watt, what does he have left in the tank? He's had injuries in the past. He clearly isn't the player he was when he was in the discussion for MVP and defensive player in the year. I still think he could contribute, but that team's lifeline, uh, the straw that stirs the drink of the Arizona Cardinals, is Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Those guys are going to have to be healthy. Those guys are going to have to perform at a high level, as they did last year, but it's going to be the guys on that offensive line that are going to dictate that, and it's going to be the coaching, and to see how Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury manages that offense in balance with the defense, because this we all know this is not Texas Tech where you're going to try to control and, and run 75 plays a game like Chip Kelly did and then have your defense on the field the entire game. That You're going to have to have balance. We talked about that in the playoffs with the Buffalo Bills. Their lack of balance, I thought, maybe cost them a trip to the Super Bowl. Some would say Kansas City's lack of balance kept them from even getting in the end zone during the Super Bowl. So I, I actually – think from the Cardinals perspective it's a good move from the players perspective JJ Watt seems like a big surprise especially the Wiz keeping it in Houston but switching from the NFL to the NBA Rockets owner Tillman Fertitta 
says the franchise will retire James Harden's number 13. I kind of scratch my head a little bit, Spence. We know how great James Harden is as a player, former MVP, in the MVP conversation this year. He's going to be an eventual Hall of Famer without question. But what has James Harden ever won as a Houston Rocket? Is this warranted for this franchise? Why is this happening? Spence, let's start it off with your opinion here on James Harden having his jersey retired as a Houston Rocket. Yeah, I guess uh, Fertitta just wanted to be known as the legitimate worst owner of all time. Uh, he's already been criticized for years. I mean, they're nuclear meltdown right now in terms of just all of it from team structure. They wouldn't where they were in the conference finals not that long ago, and now they are just they look like the worst franchise in sports. Period. Other, they're very lucky that the uh, the Houston Texans exist. I mean, that entire like little thing they have going on here. I don't know if it's all coordinated or not, but they're reaching an all time low. To just to let James Harden criticize your franchise to say that he had done all he could for it, even though he clearly didn't, and then to reward him for that to say you know, here's your Jersey retirement, even though you've never even gotten to the finals is bizarre because there are some all time greats that have played for the Rockets, very memorable guys who have spent their entire careers there doing very good things for their franchise, representing it. Well, James Harden didn't represent their franchise. Well, did he play good? Did he play well? Did he play to an MVP level? He did, but this sets a horrible precedent for them. You could say for the NBA, but more specifically for their franchise. I don't think anyone would ever stoop this low as to just give anybody who's ever done anything for your team a retired jersey because now the bar is just down here. Look, not everybody on the Houston Rockets is one MVP, but it's about all he did. And when push came to shove and when they needed him most, the city, he abandoned them. He didn't play well. I mean, I'm like, I think back to that San Antonio Spurs Rockets game where they got, uh, bailed out or they lost. I think he went like three of 22 or three of 12 where he just wasn't engaged. This guy never cared about the city. He cares about money more than anything to me. I mean, that's his number one priority. Uh, He cares about being a celebrity. He's out in the clubs breaking all these COVID-19 protocols. This is not the guy that you want to see in the Raptors forever. And what he's essentially trying to say is, look, guys, even though we had this bad breakup with one of our best players, it's all amended now. Here's his retired jersey. If you come here, no matter what, you're part of the team. I think that's what he's going with, but clearly it's just not very good. I completely agree with you, Spence. I agree with Chris Wynn. It's it's ridiculous. Do I, do I think James Harden, like I said, is an all-time great player? I do. I think he is. But this does not warrant a jersey retirement. I mean, you've got likes of Akeem Olajuwon, who won back-to-back titles, I believe, bringing one of the first championships to the Houston Rockets franchise in the NBA. James Harden wasn't even close to winning an NBA title with the Houston Rockets. I mean, I don't get this. Tillman Fertitta's the owner. He can do whatever he wants. But I agree completely with what you said, Spence. Where are we setting the bar here? What are we doing? It It seems like over the last decade, it just doesn't really matter. If you were a staple in that franchise for five years or more and and you're a superstar, let's put your name in the rafters. But what precedence is that going to set in the future when you try to acquire superstar free agents and you talk about jerseys hanging in the rafters, you talk about statues outside of the buildings. When you're giving stuff away like this for not even winning a title, it kind of seems like it's falling on deaf ears a little bit because – 
as an owner of a franchise, I, of course, envision what it would look like, how I would recruit some of the best. That's got to be some of the pitch. I mean, I heard about it with the pitch to bring Tom Brady and Bruce Arians to Tampa. General Manager Ryan Light talked to Arians about, B.A., we see your statue outside here. This is a selling point to really change cultures and franchises forever. This guy has not even won a title. Will everybody remember the beard as a Houston Rocket? Will he be one of the legendary players? Possibly. But I think you have to tie in jersey retirements, statues, with bringing titles to franchises. You know, you have uh, Chris Wynn. You can speak on this. You're Detroit Lions. My former Minnesota Vikings have never carried that Lombardi trophy as a winner. They have never won the Super Bowl. Can you imagine as a Minnesota Viking owner, fan, personnel, Detroit Lion fan, personnel? And look, and not to get too far off, Al Baston, Detroit, Detroit native. This morning, I had a great conversation, and we'll air some of this interview uh, later today uh, with a former teammate of mine, former Georgia Tech football player, Omar Billy. Omar Billy played with Calvin Johnson, uh, one of the great Detroit Lions ever. Can you imagine the storied franchise of having two of the best players at their positions ever to play the game of football, running back and wide receiver, respectively, with Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson? This franchise have never hoisted that trophy. The coach... The quarterback, the general manager, the franchise, the team that does hoist that Lombardi trophy for the Detroit Lions, if that ever happens, you're talking about an accomplishment first in the franchise's history if this happens that can never be duplicated. James Harden, what has he done that can never be duplicated? What championship has he brought? What prestige as he said, okay, not only have I brought a title, I elevated the play of my teammates. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, this should be this stuff should be saved uh, for champions, for all-time greats. That you know, if you don't win a title, like a Dan Marino never won a title, but Dan Marino started and finished his career with the Miami Dolphins. He was he led the entire history of the NFL statistically in passing categories at the time of his retirement. Okay, so these categories have exceptions, but James Harden did not fall into this exception. He just pretty much moved franchises and to do the same thing for another team. So that's my two cents on the James Harden situation. Um, No, I agree, Chris, with what you're just saying right there, not just rings. And that's, that's what I said. A guy like Dan Marino did not win a ring uh, with the Miami dolphins started to finish his career uh, but I don't think James Harden falls into that category. Um, Calvin Johnson started and finished his career with Detroit. Uh, you as a Lions fan, Al Basson as a Lions fan, you you can uh, comment if you think Calvin Johnson is worthy of having his jersey in the rafters as a Detroit Lion. He's definitely a Hall of Famer, so that, there's something to be said about that. I just don't think James, James Harden, as he continues his career with multiple teams, deserves to be the centerfold and to have that place as a Houston Rocket at this point in time. That's just my opinion on that. But, yes, I agree with what you said. It's not just titles. It's a combination of a lot of things, including uh, the time spent in that city with that franchise um, and and what the impact they had from top to bottom. Spencer the Wiz, NBA action tonight. But, Brian, bravo. To answer your question real quick, uh, talking football, uh, the Minnesota Vikings did release – 
longtime tight end Kyle Rudolph out of the University of Notre Dame. He spent over a decade with the Vikings franchise. He was released today. A press release came out. Uh, to answer your question, why did they do that uh, at this point in Rudolph's career, uh, his, his utilization rate was very much down last year. He finished the season injured. Uh, but the reason why, for the most part, is Irv Smith Jr. He's their young tight end out of the University of Alabama. Uh, he got a lot more run last year. They look to have him more involved in that offense, and it's just Kyle Rudolph's time to move on. He's probably not going to retire. He'll probably play another season or two with another team, but his best years are behind him. He was one of the great Vikings of all time, especially at that position. It's unfortunate to see him go, but with the lowered salary cap this year being $180 million or less, uh, they had to make a financial move as they extended his contract a couple years ago. So it's a financial decision, and it's a fifth decision at this point with a younger, more athletic tight end and Irv Smith Jr. Getting, going to get the majority of the reps. Spencer the Wiz, let's transition back to NBA, and let's start on tonight's card. And the primetime game late night tonight was the Phoenix Suns and L.A. Lakers. And as I opened the show discussing some wild uh, festivities, some wild things happened in that game in the second half, Devin Booker ejected for a second technical. They lost him for the early part of that second half to the rest of the game. It did not matter as the Suns ended up on top. They won the game 114-104. The Suns are now 23-11 and on the year, a fantastic record. Spence, I told you about this Suns team. I told you leaving the bubble last year. They are one game behind the Lakers. They're playing consistently well at this point in the season. Mikael Bridges had 19 points, six rebounds, five assists. It looks like the acquisition of Chris Paul has bared a lot of fruit for this Suns team up to this point. His leadership, his veteran presence, and he is still playing at a high level. He only had eight points tonight, but he did have 10 assists and five rebounds and only one turnover. The young guy, DeAndre Ayton, former number one overall pick, added 17 points. Jay Crowder has been a good addition to this team. He's got a lot of playoff experience. And Devin Booker, one of my favorite players, as I've mentioned on this show and I've told to you, Spencer the Wiz, only 24 minutes played tonight, but he had 17 points and six assists. Kind of a deep team now. The Phoenix Suns, they've got some guys coming off the bench, like Cameron Payne, like Johnson, Dario Saric added 21 tonight off the bench. A nice win. No Anthony Davis still for the Lakers. But Spence, give your your opinion as we're coming up into All-Star Weekend through 34 games of the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, so uh, in my opinion, Devin Booker just is not a winner at all. Uh, He is one of the best players in the NBA. Or scores, I should say, would probably be a better description. But before last year, they had never had more than 24 wins in a season, period. I mean, he's just been putting up great stats on a team that didn't achieve anything or didn't even get close to achieving. They never even got close to a playoff spot. Chris Paul is the first time he's ever been around someone who's actually knows how to win basketball games, not just by putting it in the hoop, but all of it that goes around making a good team. And on top of that, he's also just good. Chris Paul is, you know, he's not the oldest man in the world. He certainly still has a few good years left in him. He's able to run the offense more effectively. They haven't had a point guard in Phoenix since Steve Nash. When they go down to the carousel of guys who might be decent, Ricky Rubio's okay, but it didn't really fix their issue of needing somebody with a leadership role. Because I don't think Devin Booker will ever be a leader. He he cares more about the whole like celebrity part a little bit. He's a little more low-key 
than someone like James Harden. But still, he, he likes to go on his Twitch. He likes to play his video games. And we know that Chris Paul only cares about winning. Uh, they got a huge steal on Mikhail Bridges. This is a team that couldn't draft anybody for years and years and years. Uh, you got this guy to Villanova. He should have never been available at that spot, but they got lucky, and he did. One of the better 3 and D players in the league who has developed tremendously over the past couple of seasons. Uh, you know, and then you can go down to the other guys that have been on their team floating around for a very long time. They're going to need DeAndre Ayton to step up a lot more if they're ever going to have a chance to be threatening. He kind of gets lost in the offense. And Chris Paul, I think, was in the beginning of the season when they struggled trying to force feed him. And he, for some reason, he's just not used to it, which is strange because when he did play in Arizona, he was essentially the only player there. I don't know like what has happened to his game that has made him so not off-putting. He hasn't been terrible. Uh, I don't. I think it's kind of unfortunate for him to get tied in with Luka Doncic because this is a guy who could be an all-star one day uh, if he kind of pieces it all together and just plays a little more aggressively. Maybe that'll come with some strength. Maybe that'll come from playing with Chris Paul, but they're winning at a high rate right now. I like the Phoenix Suns. And, you know, I, I, I wasn't very – I thought they'd make the playoffs this year. I just didn't think they'd be the three seed. The Nuggets have been very disappointing this year. And there's also a bunch of COVID-19 things. It's hard to – definitively say that these standings are like who are the top eight teams in the west that's right that's spencer the whiz uh the rest stop comes to you live from las vegas every tuesday and thursday nine o'clock pacific time if you miss any part of the show live you can catch the audio podcast version of the show on any of your podcasting platforms search landry football conference call the rest stop will be underneath there please support my twitter i'm sorry my uh YouTube channel, search Brad the Believer. We post all of the podcasts there. We will be adding more content to that YouTube channel. We have some things in the works, also adding to the entertainment value of this show in the coming weeks. So please, please stay tuned to that. I promise you, you will be entertained. And also to support us, download the Twitch app, watch the show live on Twitch, support us there with likes, subscriptions, you know, throw us uh, a few coins or whatever they call those things, Spencer the Wiz and Twitch, and give us some love here on the rest stop. Continuing with the NBA, Spence, you are a diehard Memphis Grizzlies fan. They may have played their best two games of the season, beating the Houston Rockets by 50 points or more. And then tonight, Washington Wizards team who has fought to get their record to 13 wins, 20 losses. They played pretty good basketball over the past month. The Grizzlies get the best of them tonight, 125-111. John Morant, a nice night, 35 points, mm. 10 assists, and 5 rebounds. Yeah, so they have the second youngest team in the league. Uh, so at any point in time, a team is bound to beat them. The fact that they're 500 right now is just a testament to how lucky the Grizzlies are to have Taylor Jenkins as their head coach. Uh, so they're not an unbeatable team. They're very beatable. But the thing is, is if you're not coming into the FedEx form or ever matchup you have with the Grizzlies – ready to go, willing to work the entire night. The Grizzlies will pounce on you, and they'll pounce on you hard. Now, on top of that, you do have John Morant, one of the best rookies in the league. And in my opinion, I'd rather have John Morant than Zion Williamson. I just feel like there's much less of an investment there. Uh, You don't have to work so much around him. You put John Morant in the game, he will affect it in a positive way. Uh, Hopefully, as the years go on, he becomes a little more aggressively offensively. I think there are times where he looks to set up his teammates a lot more, which is really not a bad thing, but they need him, right? Like He is their best player, and I I think he's starting to realize that now. He hasn't had a lot of 30-point performances in his career, uh, but when you see 30 points and 11 assists, you know there's some definite good signs. 
On top of that, Justice Winslow, after his year and a half uh, long absence, made his debut a few nights ago. I think in that blowout loss to the Suns where he went like 3 of 16. They stuck with him. Taylor Jenkins still likes him. Has a 20-point performance in his second game. Comes out after the game and uh, said something quite surprising. Well, maybe not surprising, but inspirational about how appreciative he was of the Memphis Grizzlies for not forcing him to come back. I was getting annoyed with him. Uh, I wanted him to come back. He surely could have made his debut at the beginning of the season, but he wasn't okay with it. Taylor Jenkins said that that's all right and that you come back when you are ready and nothing else. And, you know, now he's streaming the other, I think, three good games for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, You know, you look at down the rest of the team, Killian Tilly, I like as a rookie, but Desmond Bain looks like if they did a redraft, he would probably go in the top five. That's how good he's been. He kind of looks like a young Eric Gordon. That's if you watch him play, actually just looks like him in a lot of facets, his shooting form, his ability to knock down the three, uh, but also not scared to take it to the lane. He's been getting more aggressive there too. The Grizzlies will be floating around. They will not make the playoffs, but you know, a top 15 pick this year may put Memphis on the map on some level. And I'm saying all this and the Grizzlies have not played without Jaron Jackson for a single game this entire season. Uh, I don't think they have it in them to catch up to someone like the Warriors. I don't think they're just good enough. I think they're just a little too young to make that happen. But in two years, the Grizzlies could legitimately be some sort of threat if they get the right free agent or they make the right trade. Spence, the first game on primetime TNT's doubleheader tonight saw the L.A. Clippers take on the Boston Celtics at TD Garden Arena. No Kawhi Leonard for the Clippers tonight. They were missing a couple other stars. Paul George did play, and he was effective, having 32 points, five rebounds, four assists. But the Celtics get the win, 117-112. Kemba Walker had 25 points. Jason Tatum, not a great shooting night. Uh, but the Celtics do get the win, and they are now one game over 500, 117-112. With the rest of tonight's games, the Miami Heat continue to struggle. No Jimmy Butler tonight. The Hawks beat them 94-80. Trey Young had a flurry in the fourth quarter to lead the Atlanta Hawks to victory as he had 18 points, 10 assists. The Knicks, who have been off and on, they're still at 500. The Spurs, surprisingly, spent five games over 500. They win tonight, 119-93. Emmanuel quickly led the way for the Knicks with 26 points, four rebounds, four assists. And one of the surprises tonight, the Milwaukee Bucks, who reigning MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo, they get blasted by the Denver Nuggets, 128-97. And for your money, Spence, this man, Nikola Jokic, who had 37 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists, leads the way uh, in the MVP category at this point. Talk really quick about the Denver Nuggets tonight and Jokic. I just wanted to quickly say that uh, it looks like the NBA new or the new head coach juice is good for the NFL and the NBA. Nate McMillan, who I'm a massive fan of, I have no idea how he doesn't have a job yet. Well, he does now. He's the interim head coach for the Atlanta Hawks, and clearly it worked pretty well for them today, having their best defensive uh, performance of the entire season, which was pretty exciting. Uh, but to talk about, um, well, oh, uh, Nikola Jokic, obviously I had a debate on a show that I was on recently where would you rather have Embiid or Jokic? And I know it's close and I'm not going to make it seem like there's this major gap between the two of them. But if you can have a guy, what I see, what I see Jokic as is Marcus Saul in his last two years in Memphis, but better Marcus saw when he started stepping outside of the three ball. Unfortunately, the franchise just wasn't ready to make the push like they were like in his prime technically before he truly developed his game. But if you take that Marcus Saul that was defensive player of the year and you just add on top of that the guy who can 
still pass the ball, have that wide range. That's what you have as Jokic, and he's still like in his early 20s. He's going to be so influential on this game. I mean, he has just revitalized the big man, and he just affects the game on all three levels, something that we thought isn't possible. And for most big men, it's not. But this guy can have the ball in his hands at all time and run an offense or cap it for his own, constantly creating mismatches. You don't, I don't know. I wouldn't even know how to game plan around him. And they finally have a decent team. I don't like their roster makeup completely. It's like very homegrown, but not actually talented for the most part. Michael Porter Jr. still has a ton of developing to do, but he came out very young. Uh, so we'll see like when he gets in his 22, if he can actually mature and realize how to play the game. Because uh, he's just like this athletic monster that knows how to score, but nothing else. And then you have Jamal Murray, who started the season off terribly. But to go back to Jokic, yeah, this guy's a triple-double machine, but he's but he's getting better at everything, not just passing the ball, not just scoring. He had those all those fundamentals going into his rookie season, and he's honing in his craft now. I think he will be remembered as one of the all-time great big men. Al Baston, uh, make sure you tune tune into Thursday's show for for just for you. We'll give a little breakdown of UFC 259. Spence, I know you're a big UFC guy. Israel Adesanya, 20 and 0, the Nigerian fighter, light heavyweight division, taking on Jan Blakovich. Uh, he's 27 and 8. Uh, that's the head card. Also, Amanda Nunez will be on that card. So we'll talk a little bit about that Thursday, Al Baston. So make sure you stay tuned as we're finishing up tonight's show. Spence talking some NBA. On tonight's card, the Bucks get blown out. Over the weekend, uh, a big upset by the New Orleans Pelicans. They knocked off the Utah Jazz. Lonzo Ball uh, continues to earn money for his sake in the upcoming year. He did not resign with the Pelicans. He will be a free agent after this year. He's shooting close to 40% from three-point range. Spencer the Wiz, we talked about this on previous shows. Uh, I am a big Lonzo Ball fan. You were totally not on board, but he is, is he starting to make a believer of you this year? He's playing his best basketball we've ever seen him play. And also <laughs> his brother LaMelo is just outstanding. So start with Lonzo and then finish with LaMelo, Spencer the Wiz. Oh, I didn't. I wasn't completely off Lonzo. That's an exaggeration. He's still one of the best defensive players in the NBA. So to have that is it's not a lot of teams can just have one of the best defensive players in the NBA. Uh, he's, he's always been a great passer, but uh, he's de- his three-point development is huge. I mean, he has changed the mechanics of his shot fundamentally, uh, and it's it's cool to see. I mean, I, I like to support guys like this. I think he's a pretty decent dude uh, who's been who actually navigated being a celebrity from a teenage years better than pretty much anybody who I've seen. Uh, we've seen what happened, like the Johnny Menzels and just all of great that. Great call, Spence. Great call. Keep going. Yeah. Great call. Yeah. Coming up on something like that can easily lead to this thing. And he's pretty silent. He's still kind of in the zeitgeist, just controls his own destiny, which is great. And LaMelo has also navigated being a rookie pretty well. Uh, he's scoring more than I thought, but at around the same shooting percentage. I'm sure I mentioned that a dump- bunch of times. But he's a very tall point guard. And again, those are very u- unique character characteristics. He still has a ton of development. It, to say he's like Lonzo uh, is they are about not opposites, but they do play the game differently. He didn't learn nothing in Australia about how to play defense. And that's because Australian basketball isn't nearly as developed as college when it comes to defensive schemes or getting ready for the NBA. Uh, but they're entertaining. I said the Charlotte Hornets would be the most entertaining in the NBA to watch this year. And I think I was correct about that. 
I agree with you, Spence. They're, they are must-watch TV, and LaMelo Ball is continuing to evolve, and this is without an offseason, Spence. I give him a lot of credit. I give Michael Jordan credit, James Brago, the head coach, credit, and this team is fun to watch. LaMelo and Lonzo. Uh, so to a- answer the question, I say yes. I say they are on the same team next year, Spence, of the Wiz. What do you say? No, they don't. They can't. I don't think they can make it happen. They'd have to make two major trades trades in one offseason just to make them play together. Scary Terry and Devontae Graham are not both being traded to pave the way for Lonzo Ball. <laughs> uh, there's no way. <laughs> I love it. That's Spence of the Wiz. Spence, as we wrap up tonight's show, I want to encourage everybody, please tune in to the show on Thursday. We're going to have a two-part interview, a former teammate, high school teammate of mine. His name's Omar Billy. He played defensive tackle at Georgia Tech. He's doing great things at this point in his life now. he's getting, We've got some good stories uh, of him with Calvin Johnson. Uh, we have a T.O. party that he was security at. We'll hit that. And also just great conversation, great guy, Omar Billy. He'll be part of the interview on Thursday. It's going to be two parts, and we'll have the second part on next week's show. So if you miss any part of the show, watch the entire uh, audio regular version of the show on my Twitter channel at Brad, the believer, you can follow my YouTube channel, Brad, the believer, make sure you like subscribe, download the Twitch app for the audio version of the show. We will be back on Thursday for Spencer Ostrowski. I'm Brad Restituto. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you back nine o'clock Pacific time. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.